Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. And with me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day, man. How you doing? How, did, you just, did you have a nice weekend? Uh, I did. I did. I had a very exhausting weekend I, in some interesting situations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yeah, I heard about So, so I, I told Pat about this already, but for Memorial Day, my, my girlfriend, uh, her parents are out of town, so she has their car this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so her parents' car don't have like the parking pass for our parking lot. And so there's this uh, annoying parking maid that goes around and like slaps on these really big, obnoxious stickers uh, like that gets stuck onto the onto the windshields that just say it's like, you're not allowed to park here. And it's just. Mm-hmm fucking annoying as all hell <laughs> and um yeah so she comes in and she's like yeah the parking may put one of those stickers on on uh, my parents cars so like all right i'll go take care of it and i go and i take a uh you know a a, a razor blade and a bottle of rubbing alcohol yep. to get to get the sticker off <laughs> and i go out there and i find her parents car mind you you know it's it's memorial day weekend so i am heavily inebriated right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Under a variety of substances. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I gotta go do a chore. <laughs> Heavily inebriated. And I go, I go and I start, you know, scraping the uh this big annoying sticker off her car. And about halfway through the process, uh, I just hear from behind me, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around, there's this this guy and his wife just standing there, and he just like takes out of his pocket his car keys and hits the little button and the car that I'm working on like beeps and unlocks. <laughs> and I just look like a crazy person, just like yeah. hev- heavily intoxicated, holding a razor blade <laughs> and a bottle of rubbing alcohol. Just going to town. <laughs> I just like, I start trying to explain what happened. And like, I just see the look of confusion on his face get like worse and worse until finally I just say, like, uh, this is embarrassing. And I just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> classic classic so then jerry I, then i find her parents actual car and i remove the sticker from that one and then go back inside with my tail tucked between my legs <laughs> so that was that was my weekend that is uh that is awesome jerry that is awesome <laughs> what would you do if you just like came out and there was just some guy with like a razor blade and rubbing alcohol just scraping like- a sticker off my car i, I would be <laughs> I mean, I'd probably have the same reaction then if he just turned to me slack jawed, like mouth open, was like, oh, this is embarrassing and walks away. Glassy, glassy eyes. Yeah, like I would, I would slurring my words. That's a story you can tell your friends for ages, right? Like, yeah, remember that one time this crazy guy was removing stickers from our car? He was only wearing a Jimi Hendrix t shirt and, uh, yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, that was uh that was my Memorial Day weekend. How about you, Pat? <laughs> you know, just uh, a lot of hanging out with the kids, pools and parties and all that stuff. So it's been good, man. It's been good. Excellent, excellent. Well, oh, we did uh so um my wife, so obviously we're a big Star Wars family. My wife has never actually seen all the movies. 
And so today was our first our first watch of the Phantom Menace. And we're going to go through uh, the chronological order of the movies. So we're going to go, you know, one, two, three. You know, we'll do Rogue One, four, yada, yada, yada. So or actually, yes, Rogue One solo and then four and and, and move on. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited for it. So uh, we watched Phantom Menace today, which is, again, I think probably the worst out of all the movies. My le- or I should say my least favorite. Although the Darth Maul, the Darth yeah. Maul scenes are fantastic. He's he's an awesome, awesome. But what a great villain that they killed off in the first movie. <laughs> um, unless unless you watch the extended, uh, you know, the TV. Well, show if you watch the clone. Back. Yeah, well, so we might do the Clone Wars, but that's I mean, that's a big ask of my wife because that's like many seasons of TV. <laughs> yeah, it's watch. like, don't don't worry, babe. We just got to watch seven movies yep. and eight seasons <laughs> plus four so, seasons of Rebels. Right. And we have to watch the battle for, for Endor. You know, we <laughs> got to get in the holiday is special that, is and, that the shitty like a uh, cartoon with the ewoks <laughs> it's not a cartoon it's a live action the, oh, the battle yeah. for endor and um oh there's another one battle for endor and uh I'll, it'll come to me but there's two <laughs> like there's two uh oh caravan of courage are two like ewok centric star wars movies like, that are live action yeah came out in the late 80s i want to say right. um that are just not very good not good at all. Not yeah. good at all. Yep. All right. I'm with you. I'm sh- I'm showing my girlfriend Star Wars for the first time because we're prepping for Obi Wan. Oh, so I watched the first two episodes last night with uh, Liam. And actually, funny enough, my wife watched two episodes with my the first two episodes with, with Luke, uh, mm-hmm. like earlier than I did with Liam, and they are excellent. Excellent. Oh, like it's nice. got total like you know how like the Book of Boba Fett is just so satisfying to watch. Yeah. This is like in that same vein. It's nice. really good. Yeah, but we're, I'm working our way uh, through the, the prequels. So, she, you know, she understands what's going on. And, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah my, wife, my wife knows like the, the major beats of it. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. she's been around it for so long. Like, yeah, she understands the storyline. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we decided we're going to make them, you know, we'll make a nut out of it once a week. We'll do a little family movie night and we'll get some popcorn and, and watch watch one of the Star Wars movies. So that's that's the plan. Excellent. Yeah. But what we got enough uh, going on right now, Jerry. Why don't we introduce our guest this week? Because we do have one waiting in the wings for us. We do. I'm really glad uh, he's joining us. Uh, really appreciate it because it is so late at night slash early in the morning from him. Joining us uh, from across the pond, uh, we got Victor Werner. How you doing, man? I, I, I'm happy to be here with you today and tonight, maybe. That would be <laughs> more accurate. Excellent. Yeah. So great to have you on. We wanted to kind of talk to you uh, about, uh, you know, legacy in Poland. Uh, you know, saw your, your posts up on the Facebook page, thought it was really interesting and thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of have you come on and uh, talk about it with us. Yeah, gladly. Uh, that was a little bit to talk about uh, because there are quite a lot of players, oh, maybe not a lot uh, when you compare this to anything that happens in the States, of course. Uh, still having around 70, up to 100 people uh, really interested and invested in legacy in one place at one big tournament uh, in competitive area. Uh, after the pandemics, uh, everything that is happening with the WhatsApp. I guess it's something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, seventy to you know eighty players—that's nothing to sneeze at for a legacy tournament. That's that's a good sized mm-hmm. tournament. And so yeah, there was just the uh, the Polish Legacy League. Is is that what it is that, that just took uh, place? the championship? Actually, if we were talking about the uh, ah. tournament that took place two weeks before uh, and the breakdown of which you were able to see. Uh, so actually, the leagues are something. 
quite uh, local. Uh, mm-hmm. Although after a while, uh, after some years of our uh, efforts to uh, reanimate the legacy community in Poland, uh, people really started to show up uh, to our local uh, bigger events that mm-hmm. we uh, organized over the course of the last three years. And even though the pandemics hit, hit hard as everywhere, uh, we in our city in Łódź, which is the central city of Poland and the second or third biggest uh, city in the country, we simply decided that uh, we're not having anything of it. So we cannot agree to simply die with our passion uh, because somebody told us to. So uh, we simply decided to create a club uh, to gather some people still interested in the hobby, especially in legacy, the people whom I've personally taught uh, the basics of the format a uh, couple of years before, and to find our own place uh, to share the the rent uh, be- between us and to start playing, to start uh, gathering new people, uh, introducing them to the format, showing all what is the best in it uh, in comparison to other formats, uh, and to show people around the country that, yes, we are still here and the passion is still alive, so maybe you also try to do what you can uh, to keep it so. That's that's really interesting. So it's kind of like a, a legacy collective. Like you guys all just like decided to come together, and you said you all share rent. So like, how, yeah. how does that work? So it's it's not a, it's not a game shop. It's just what no. like a play area. No, not at all. Uh, and to be more precise, uh, the idea uh, was born uh, in minds of two people: me and my, my friend Adam Gerbatowski, known better in Poland as Gervas. Uh, we were quite frustrated about uh, all the lockdowns that were happening and especially one major event in the only uh, VPN uh, store that we have in the country uh, which the and the t- tournament was supposed to be unofficial uh, nationals for the legacy because there was a really impressive uh, game site with uh, the store that was uh, well over a million of the budget only to build it. So it was incredible place. And we were all really, really uh, training hard for a couple of months to go there and to get good scores. And uh, in the very last moment when I was booking tickets for my friends to go there, uh, the TO said to me, well, sorry, uh, the tournament tomorrow will not take place. So see you around. And everybody was really fuming about this. And then another lockdown in our country uh, was introduced. So we decided that, and of course, Watsis decided that there will be no organized play uh, until ever. Um, (laughs) So we decided that we uh, simply do something about it. And here we are. Uh, So as I said, a couple of people... Uh, decided to share the costs of finding a place for ourselves, uh, of finding everything you need to play, uh, to buy 
the tables, the chairs, uh, the electricity, uh, the boosters, uh, cards, anything you like. However, everything we do is simply non-profit. The only thing we need to uh, acquire is the equal the costs of uh, everything we do. That's, I mean, that's pretty impressive, man. I mean, that is quite the undertaking. Uh, I don't know if we could actually pull that off in America. I feel that's a very big uh, culture difference between the Polish people and the American people. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just really interested to see kind of uh, your guys perspective on playing the game um, just because I we've never really spoken to anyone in, uh, from Poland about magic. I'm, I actually didn't even know is magic even printed in Polish. Like how, how did you, how did you guys <laughs> no. come into the game? Fortunately, it is not because that would be quite ridiculous uh, <laughs> if it would be. Uh, <laughs> even for ourselves, as we used to joke about this, how some terms would be translated into Polish, and nobody could really play the game competitively anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, let's let's take a step back and t- talk to us just about magic in Poland in general. Like, did it? When did magic kind of take off? When did you get exposed to it? You oh, know? I do not think that I am entitled to describe the very beginnings of the magic uh, in <laughs> general in Poland. In Poland, uh, I can only give you my own perspective. So sure. I was uh, introduced to like. My God, when did I start studies? Uh, I suppose it was like 12 years ago. Uh, no, even well, 13 years ago, something like that. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who was living uh, with me uh, during his time at the university uh, was a magic player. So he had this awesome new cards. Uh, uh, that was the the return to Ravnica. No, the first Ravnica, if I am not wrong. Um, well, he showed me the basics, and I tried to do my best uh, to uh, not to get kicked in the ass as often <laughs> as he would like to destroy me. Um, and uh, after a couple of weeks and months of uh, beautiful, uh, happy uh, kitchen table playing, we decided to. Uh, go to our local game store and see what is going out there. Mm-hmm. Mm, with, of course, with the decks that we could produce with what we had uh, at the time. So imagine the power level of those decks. Uh, some awesome combos like Sw- Sanguine Bond and Exquisite Blood and uh, <laughs> excellent things like that. So here we are showing up to the first uh, event that we found. Here are some... Uh, Older guys, like in their 40s, very nice, very calm, very welcoming. Yeah, come on, let's play. So this was our first legacy event. Um, and you can imagine how it went. However, we were really, really, really um, enchanted by the difference between those guys who are playing for, with incredibly in the powerful cards uh, to those guys uh, stretching themselves really hard at the uh, Friday Night Magic uh, playing standard. And that was the first difference that we've noticed that legacy is something we would like to be in if we have to invest in something. Uh, and this was the beginning of the way. Uh, those guys 
gave gave us some hints how to uh, really play magic as such. Um, and a couple of years later, here we were traveling to Europe uh, from one GP to another, from uh, Eternal Weekends uh, to uh, Magic Card Market trials and things like that. Uh, playing competitively, experiencing magic in all varieties and forms uh, in uh, Great Britain, in France, in Italy, in Czech Republic, anywhere you like. Um, so the only issue was still that mm, legacy was quite difficult to enter for the new players, as it always was. Uh, so I re realized that if I wish to play uh, as often as I would like to, I need to create the community for myself. So uh, I decided to introduce new players, to uh, gather them up, to allow playing proxies, to explain the very basics of the format uh, and showing, to show them uh, the basics of each uh, more competitive uh, deck that there were already, uh, and simply to start slightly and have fun. So, so after a couple of years, like two or three years later, uh, most of those guys already had their own decks, and we were both we are all traveling together to GP Bologna in Italy. So. That was uh, really the short, no, not so short story of building community in uh, in which, especially in, in Poland, maybe because uh, most of those players really, really played for a long, long time. The most experienced players and one of the best players that we have even started uh, the legacy as it was extended. Uh, and uh, really play the game from the, the day one almost. So uh, there are many, many experienced players in here. They only needed the spark to come back to see that something is still worth uh, doing, that there is something really good for them, uh, given the time that is now uh, even more uh, difficult to come by for guys with families and, and serious jobs and so on and so on. Now, you mentioned, so uh, magic isn't printed in Polish. So what's the you know language of choice? Is it English? Is it Russian? Is yeah, it just... of course, of course. Uh, English is always the, the language to go. Yeah. Now, do you feel that's a challenge to getting people into the game? Like how, how common is being able to speak uh, English? uh in poland or is it more like you know it's a it's a hurdle to get people where it's like hey this game's awesome you but you have to learn one of the most difficult languages in order to play it <laughs> oh i would say that english is really one of the easiest languages in the world to learn oh it's, it's <laughs> difficult for us okay that's, yeah that's I don't... all you need to <laughs> yeah it's our have moral you... education system makes it very difficult for us to learn <laughs> yeah, have you seen language. how you spell things <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's not really an issue to if we're talking about the new players uh, in the hobby. Uh, I think that it would be a little bit more difficult for some simply to speak uh, fluently. Uh, so more of an understanding than ability to be communicative in uh, 
some better degree. Uh, however, still, as I said, these are quite experienced players right now uh, in most of the formats. Uh, people who didn't start their journey yesterday or last year, however, we also find those. Uh, and that's not really an issue with the language barrier. I wonder if that's a, a cultural thing, because I feel like most Americans, like you can tell them, like, this is the greatest game of all time. It is amazing. You just have to learn French in order to play it. I, that would be just like a, a full stop for most Americans. Most Americans are like, well, guess I'll never play that game. <laughs> you it- say that, but I feel like a lot of people are get super into Japanese just to watch anime. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, there's the super weebs who will like learn, learn Japanese. <laughs> I feel for like 99% of the population, uh, at least for Americans, that's not really a, a, a option, but is that like common just in, in, Poland in general like is there just a lot of things that are only in English that just aren't in Polish like what what is it like being a Polish native speaker in that way oh oh, that's quite general a question that you ask right now Uh, (laughs) please encapsulate your entire culture into a few sentences I'll do my best I'll do my best (laughs) dumb down for Americans okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, so uh, in general uh, the uh, Awareness uh, of the language as such uh, in Poland is on quite good level, I'd have to say. Uh, it varies a lot if we're talking about the speaking ability. So, uh, and but uh, being more precise and speaking strictly about magic, uh, well, this is simply the most uh, basic requirement that you need and. Uh, given the fact that you really need to learn something to be able to uh, try the game, it's not really that much of an issue. I guess it's even a kind of encouragement for some to uh, gain new skills and some knowledge without realizing that you're really making an effort to learn something because you're much more uh, inclined to understand what you need to enjoy the thing yeah i gotta say probably you know i took what seven years of uh spanish classes and i don't know a lick of spanish i bet you if uh there was like some spanish magic the gathering game to encourage me to actually learn it i i might i might know some spanish these days <laughs> uh, yes and i think that also does factor uh that the generation we could use that broad term, I suppose, uh, which is uh, inclined to play magic or play RPGs and things like that. The people who grew up in 90s or around 90s are simply people who learned their cultural languages, whatever they are, from media, from games, from comic books, from anything, from movies. So that's not something unusual to learn the language by the game itself mm-hmm. speaking of uh, of that cultural game too is um i feel is is poland pretty uh open to the kind of the whole like sword and fantasy type genre because the other you know major polish uh franchise that i know of is like the witcher which i've heard yeah. is is very big in poland so do you oh, feel yes. just like fantasy in general kind of has a, a really good stronghold in in poland Yes, it does, and uh, for many, many years it did. Uh, the fantasy in general, as as genre in uh, in literature and or games, is uh, really strong. 
and always was. And also uh, classical paper RPGs is something that uh, many people here uh, are really, uh, really close to, mm-hmm. and uh, myself included for over 20 years now. Uh, so, yeah, you can say that uh, the fantasy as such is something we really enjoy and and do often in various ways. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I I my uh my girlfriend is Polish, so I'm I'm been getting a crash course in uh you know pierogies and uh and Polish uh, folklore. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm 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 getting a whole new uh you know enlightenment uh, in in recent years that uh, come to appreciate that culture. <laughs> nice to hear. And where is she from? Uh, well, she, I mean, she's American. So Americans oh, have see. this thing where, uh, you I know, see. we just, we like to claim our, uh, you know, our ancestors because, I see. you know, it's more interesting that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you can't have like, you can't just be an American, like yeah. America, like, like, like we are intrinsically a, like a, a descended from somewhere else. Right. Like there's no real. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll say, I'll say I'm Irish, even though it's like what my great, great grandparents came over from right. Ireland, like but that doesn't matter. Like a, you couldn't speak a lick of like uh like a if you wanted to, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Like, <laughs> but it doesn't matter, it. you know, we're, we're Irish. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So um, tell us about the, uh, the tournament that just took place two weeks ago. So it was the, it was the championship event um yes now, now did you did you play in it or were you more of an organizational standard like what what role do you usually take uh well usually uh i took uh my chances with both so organizing the tournament and playing because to be honest uh apart from all this gathering and uh, reanimating community parts. Uh, I simply would like to play some magic and I need people to beat them. Uh, so yes, I did play uh, in a couple of those tournaments that we've uh, organized in the past and even had the opportunity to win some of them. Uh, however, this time, uh, given the general uh, interest in the community in Poland, uh, knowing that people are really uh, waiting for the events that we are now making uh, in the Legacy Academy, uh, which is the name of our club, uh, and are looking forward to uh, to battle, to to enjoy this the, the quality that we uh, work very hard to present to them. Uh, I decided to just uh, keep my focus on the uh, organizing and uh, commenting our live stream, not to participate in my own tournament because sh- should I should such happenstance occur that I would win my own uh, national championship that nobody would simply <laughs> took it seriously and uh, I didn't want something like that to happen uh, and there were too many excellent players uh, simply to 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 win that title and one of them did mm-hmm. uh, even players w- which are quite known i suppose on mtgo also so yeah i was really enjoying the enjoyment of our participants i could say that because never before uh, an event like this uh, took place in legacy in poland so never so many players played uh was in so many rounds uh, for the title itself and never before for such good prices yeah that's uh that's awesome so let's pull up 
uh, the top eight here. And were you kind of surprised? I'm just, do you have the top eight handy? I'm looking for your post. Yeah. Uh, well, was I surprised by the top eight itself? I wouldn't say exactly because anybody could expect that half of the top eight would be uh, Delvers in one way or another, even though not all of them were Delvers actually, but red, blue. And still, um, many of those deck lists uh, were self-made, homebrews, you could say. Oh, nice. Uh, but very well tested, as in case of, for example, Tomasz Jabłoński, who I guess still is, or at least was recently, the trophy leader on MTGO with his own Karn Eco uh, deck. So he had like over 400 games over the course of the last several months with this. And he really knows his way around with that. We've had some like monoblock depths uh, with a touch of helm combo and uh, dark rituals in it. Uh, we've had uh, some controls. Uh, we had various things in the top eight and even below the top 16 because we decided to um, a little bit uh, wider the uh the range not to give everything to uh ties after the swiss six rounds so uh i was really happy with the meta game in general because it wasn't only delvers on delvers uh we had good deal of death and taxes uh, some uh, some of Eight casts, uh, painters, uh, reanimation, almost anything you could name. Huh. So I guess so that that was kind of where my next question was going was: uh, Does card availability dictate the meta in Poland? Dollar? Do you are you able to get pretty much anything you need? I guess that availability is not an issue if you really like to have your deck in the best possible shape and if you can afford it. However, we simply worked our way to the point uh, at which the best players can play even though they don't have the best decks because we allow pro- proxies on our tournaments. Oh, okay. L- so that, that definitely... Li- limited yeah. number of proxies, however, we still do allow them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. So, and not available. I mean, I guess, you know, even in America, you know, availability is an issue as far as, you know, playing a lot of decks. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if... Uh, you know, Poland had a robust, uh, you know, secondhand, uh, you know, marketplace for cards or, you know, where, where do you like you, you a new card comes out and you want to add it to your deck, you know, where do you go do to get that new card? Uh, the, the second secondary market is uh, really alive here. And we, if we are talking about the new cards, there's never a problem to, uh, to get them. Uh, and even with those older, you know, powerful things, the staples for legacy and so on, uh, you have places to go and people to ask. Uh, So it's not really an issue. However, uh, the cost is an issue, of course, to anyone, especially here in Poland. Uh, And we decided at the very, very uh, beginning of our initiative that we don't want to to give give ourselves that handicap of paywall we want the best players to win our tournaments not those who can afford that Mm -hmm. so i do not consider myself a good player only because i have my tabernacle uh, uh, and i'm playing 
each Friday against five other people who could afford their decks. And once a year, a newcomer with the burn will show up and get his ass smashed by us. <laughs> uh, so that was not an idea. And uh, I guess it really worked out well because, uh, for example, in the top uh, eight, we've had a player who simply transitioned from modern. And he mm. just he was just playing uh, Murktite in modern. And he, that was his first legacy event. Uh, he, so he came up with the deck that he really knew well, uh, adjusted to the legacy and got into the paint. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Also, I mean, I'm sure it probably helps that, uh, you know, you run the uh, the play area as a nonprofit because I know a lot of stores are reluctant to allow proxies because, you know, that, that cuts into their bottom line. Yes, of course. And we also had some issues uh, in the past with this. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why we decided to look for our own place because in previous uh, store uh, that hosted us, there was an issue between that store and the other store. Uh, so uh, when our legacy events were gathering uh, several dozens of people, uh, the other store decided to communicate to what sees that, hey, those people are playing proxies. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do about that? So oh, that's, that's low and dirty. That's, yeah, that's pretty fucked <laughs> <Yes>. up. <laughs> it was. Uh, and we simply didn't want some, anything like that anymore. Uh, therefore, we decided to find our own place. Mm, uh, well, what were we talking about <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> oh, just uh, proxies and being able yeah. to... Uh, so know. proxies, I know this is a sensitive topic for some still. Uh, however, I also know that many prominent people in the community uh, are speaking for it, like Julian, like uh, uh, Brian Cook and many, many other people, mm -hmm. because, well, we are all aware how much those things cost right now. And we all, we are all aware that there is simply no logical explanation why you shouldn't be allowed to play the game uh, mm -hmm. only, only because the pieces are unavailable by definition. And uh, if you wish to introduce new player, if you wish to keep the uh, passion, uh, the hobby alive, you need to allow them to come in here. And uh, if you are willing to try and to make the effort to show them the game, not the, not the pay gap for it, mm -hmm. uh, they will be invested in the game. So for example, we have the limit of 30 proxies because if you wish to play the best deck there is, because only oh, you are just a good player. You are beating everything in standard, for example. Mm, so you are just taking the, uh, the Delver deck and you can simply buy your ponders, buy your brainstorms, buy your Delvers, buy everything which is not insanely overcosted. And you have the best deck there is and everything else you can proxy. Nice. Yeah. So we would like to have that minimum level of investment in the game. Uh, therefore, not all proxies are allowed uh, okay. in the competitive event. But still, you can, you can trust me, if nobody else, uh, after all those years, that people who are playing with those proxies and uh, people who really can experience the greatness of the format itself will mm -hmm. be inclined over time to get the real cards.
Awesome. Now, um, are there, I going around, I always notice that there are different kind of, uh, you know, celebrities in the various, uh, legacy communities, you know, you named a few, uh, you know, Brian Cook and Julian, is there any like Polish legacy celebrities that maybe, uh, (laughs) our listeners, uh, might not know about, but are kind of a big deal in Poland. I guess that they can even know about them if they are playing on um, MTGO. <laughs> so, uh, as I said, Tomasz Jabłoński is one of them. So you can see him as Tom Yab uh, mm-hmm. on Modo. And the other one is Sylvester Struzyna. And he is his nickname is exactly the same. So if you have ever played against Infect on Modo, that's probably him. <laughs> Uh, one of the few infect players left (laughs) yes so uh he is really the uh the master of the deck for many many years now and he won a lot of tournaments over the course of those years uh around europe and he knows his way around good enough to reach the top eight in our tournament also despite the tier i don't know three or four right now for the infect i suppose Awesome. Awesome. Oh yeah. Speaking of let's, uh, let's take a look at the top eight. Uh, we started to look at that and then we got distracted. All right. So this happened two weeks ago. Ooh, that's a very fancy trophy, by the way. I mean, oh, thank you. That. <laughs> it's all crystal and glass and yep. you know, laser etched. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, it maybe this is I'm ignorant and champion is the same in Polish as in English, but is this, is the trophy in English? Yes, it is. is. Oh, okay. So is that just uh, a thing? In well, uh, well, I just I've uh, thought that it would be nice to highlight all those players that we have here and all the participants in the first championship since like ever uh, somewhere else than only in Poland. Gotcha. So I thought that well, maybe somebody will be enjoying some knowledge about what is happening here uh in poland in the middle of europe as i saw that for example people in austria uh, are posting the friday night magic standings and why not why shouldn't we do that and why shouldn't i create such a breakdown if i am doing this uh, quite often simply in my native language because perhaps somebody will ask me about something therefore i can highlight those excellent players that we have and excellent community that we have yeah definitely and yeah for any of our listeners who haven't checked this out yet we'll uh we'll be sure to repost this on the facebook group as well to bump it to the top when the episode comes out and mm-hmm. put it in the show notes but yeah there is some great data in here you did a really good breakdown with you know charts Thank and you. tables and metagame analysis there is yeah. It took me a few days, but it's enough of <laughs> worth taking as I really don't like uh, breakdowns that only consists of posting the top eight lists and mm-hmm. saying, oh, what a nice Delver deck. Mm, what a spicy <laughs> show and tell deck. Yeah. Mm. And you have a breakdown for like three and a half page. Still, there's no data, no opinion whatsoever in it. Yeah. And it looks like you guys got a, you know, a really great diverse metagame here. You had uh, 62 people come to the event and of those 62 people, you had 22 different archetypes, which yep. is, you know, that's a great spread. Uh, you know, obviously blue, red Delver uh, was the most popular deck, but I mean, you still got a bunch of other stuff here. 
uh, including uh, some some old favorites here. I'm, I'm seeing like Nick Fit. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a Hive Mind. Uh, uh, you know that's yeah. that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm sure that this Hive Mind deck was uh, chosen because I posted like a week before the event uh, that video of Brian Covell uh, with the Hive Mind leak. Uh, when he went five <laughs> zero, so I was really glad to see that somebody decided to to, to try it and had the balls to take the, this deck. Uh, yeah, but also as I said, uh, there's also, also madness. Uh, I was quite surprised to see four painters uh, mm. uh, in the meta. Yeah, so four painters, uh, six depth stacks, which is nice to see. Yeah, very various uh, depth stacks. Uh, we got you know the Mono Red Prison, Reanimator Maverick, Eight Cast, uh, Lands, Goblins, yeah, just a good spread though. Not too many combo decks, it looks like. Anybody? Yes, you could say that. Uh, I was quite surprised to uh, not to see any show and tell deck. Especially... I know <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. I don't see yeah. I mean, show and tell. Carrie, there's a lot of combo decks in there, just not just not show and tell. Yeah. There's a good amount of combo decks in there. Uh, is there? Is this there? <laughs> I mean, like, I get that. I get that. Listen, I get that show and tell is the S tier combo deck to you, Jerry, but. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, of the most popular decks, the first combo. Oh, I guess you can call. Yeah. You have depths. 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 You have yeah. painter. Is it really a combo deck if it doesn't play blue? Like, come on. <laughs> okay. Well, now, now you're just yeah. So yeah, we all know your biases, Jerry. I'm just saying, like, those are oh, there's no combo decks. Like, take De- out depth black green depths was the was the number three play deck. Tied yeah. for actually tied for second and threw a tie for second. So. Still, I was surprised because a couple of months, a couple of months before, I've been to other tournaments in other city, uh, Legacy High Stake in Katowice, mm-hmm. when uh, there were like three or four show and tell players, and also I know at least two others from other parts of the country. So I expected at least three show and tells to on this tournament. Uh, well, there are various reasons why uh, i could only guess i can i have my opinion still mm-hmm. quite surprising i i feel like show and tell has been in a downward spiral ever since you top eight in that gb jerry <laughs> it really <laughs> has like, it's been like it's like, gotten worse and worse every I'm, year since i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i peaked and i fulfilled my con- contract with the devil and you know now he's just waiting to collect oh 100 100 <laughs> Um, one chart that I really like here, uh, Victor, is uh, your your most winningest decks. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> the, uh, average points. I feel this is a great uh, metric. That, that is more- a totally cool. I like yeah, that like, a lot, Jerry. Like I that, agree. That really, I feel, ends a lot of debates. Uh, but something other tournaments should look into doing. But you basically broke down, you know, the average number of points for each archetype. With so not just showing, you know, the most represented, but because it's average number of points, it also weights it for the, you know, the number of players that are there. Well, so, so that's true, but like, does that also like, does this also, so, so you have like eight cast, right? Which comes in third with, you know, for the, for points per player, mm-hmm. but no, yes. no one made it in the top eight. Same thing with death and taxes, right? Yes, exactly. So, and you get a point for even for a loss, right? Is that how, I can't remember how the point system works. Like, no, you don't. You, you only get, get the point loss. if you get a the draw, draw, right? Yeah. yeah, draws were one hmm. point, wins are three points, yeah, loss is zero points. Gotcha. Yep. 
But I mean, so we got uh, 11 average points for Blue Red Delver Mm -hmm. and Blue Red Delver put four copies in the top eight. Yep. So I think that just is another data point, just emphasizing just how powerful the Blue Red Delver deck is compared to like eight cast where, you know, eight cast may win a lot of games on average, but it might not necessarily have the, uh, you know, the oomph to kind of push decks over the edge because if you play a lot of tournaments, you realize that different stages of the tournaments have different meta. You know, yeah, the, the decks you're expected to play in like rounds one, two, and three is very different from rounds, you know, four, five, six, and then the top eight. Uh, it's just, it's almost like a whole different ball game when you get to that point. And there are definitely decks that are, you know, great Swiss decks, but don't necessarily translate well into, you know, tournament winning decks. Hmm. Uh, yes, I guess there is also a factor of experience that you simply cannot produce out of nowhere. So it yep. is still uh, arguably new deck in the meta. Right. So if we are talking about playing it on a competitive tournament in paper, uh, when you are about to play like 10 hours of Legacy straight, uh, here comes even uh, more difficulties with the simply manual uh, prowess in mm-hmm. uh, developing your game plan within those 50 minutes. Yeah. Uh, also interesting I find here is uh, the Elves deck was the least winningest <laughs> deck that still managed to put uh, put up results. Uh, elves only averaging seven points. So that's yep. basically what? How many rounds was the total? Was it six or seven rounds? Six rounds of Swiss and top 16. So yeah. 10 so that- rounds in total. So what does that tell you that like we had one person who did really well and then everyone else did really poorly uh, as far as elves, as, as far as the elves archetype goes? It, it's a couple different things. I mean, it, it, without no, like looking at each player's actual record, it's hard to say how the math works out on it. But I mean, yeah, it is a small sample size of only three elves players. Mm, yeah, of so it, it could have just been like one guy spiking it and then the other two like going O2 drop. <laughs> it was. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> Which I guess could also speak to uh, the difficulty of playing elves. <laughs> Definitely, yes, yes. We also had that match uh, in our live stream, so anyone could see that uh, somewhere in the link in this uh, breakdown. And it, it was really, really experienced player, so I was not surprised at all that he reached the top stage. Yeah, but uh, it is it is interesting. The two you know average points that are the highest is you know blue red Delver with eleven average points, putting four copies in the top sixteen, and then black green depths with ten average points, putting three copies in uh, mm-hmm. the top sixteen. Uh, and I mean that's that's pretty good. I mean fifty percent placement rate for uh, for uh, black green depths and a slightly less than fifty percent placement rate for blue red Delver. Mm-hmm. So. Victor, do you feel uh, you know Blue Red Delver is still a little too powerful, or what's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, yeah, I also mentioned that uh, a little bit later in the breakdown that uh, Delver is well definitely beatable right now. Uh, still, uh, it really didn't feel uh, any kind of weakness due to the ban of Ragavan. And uh, I think that's really the issue here is uh, the Mercator Regent because, well, uh, the Regent itself breaks uh, the archetype in a way uh, because uh, for all those years uh, when Delvers in various situations were the dominant decks in the meta, uh, there there were also a cost 
of having your wind conditions, your small, uh, cheap and efficient creatures outclassed in the mm-hmm. later game. Yep. So sh- should your plan go south, should the opponent be able to manage your tempo, to break through your counter wars and removal, uh, you are fucked. And right, <laughs> rightly so. Because what can you do with that Delver or even Pyromancer when you have 8-8 eight, eight Knight, which is untapped, yeah. uh, on the other side of the table? And right now, uh, Delver is n- not punished in any way by expanding uh, its resources and not uh, punished in any way by overreaching, over uh, committing to the board and to, to the play. Because, well, if you have a deck that is able to see like five to six cards uh, in a single turn for an investment of two mana when you have two DRCs in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is insane, and this is not anymore a fair matchup to me, even that's... though you don't have a combo factor in it. Right. That's that's actually probably the best, most succinct way I've, like, argument I've heard against Blue Red Delver lately. That's really, that's I think it's very insightful, actually. Yeah, yeah, even though, of course, like, Expressive Iteration is an insane card that shouldn't exist because it's simply dig through time. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though days is frustrating to some, I cannot see an argument to ban days because it's irritating. It always was. And playing mm-hmm. around days is the most basic skill that you acquire while playing Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having this, uh, well, Tombstock on steroids, which is smaller <laughs> only than Married Pledge itself, and not always efficiently, uh, is something that should not exist because, as I said, you cannot have everything in your standard deck of choice. You cannot right. have all the plants in it, all the right. angles, right. but Delver has it. So there is no weakness, simply. Yeah. Well, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually, to me. Yeah, that's, I am also like of the mindset that like the, the new creatures should be banned out of Delver. I'm not a, a days, you know, Band days kind of guy, but I do think that like some of these new creatures need to go, in my opinion. That or uh, every other deck in the format needs a power boost. Like, let me get I mean, uh let me get a 15-15 Grizzle Brand. Come we on, all know me. that my favorite, my favorite <laughs> like iteration of Delver is like the old school prowess Delver, which is like the least powerful of all of them, you know. And that, that's kind of like where I like the deck to be, like very much like a counter burn deck. So I'm not a big fan of the way where the deck is right now, personally. Uh, to be honest, I would hate to see even more power boost to other decks right now. We've had a <laughs> lot of those recently. Seriously, yeah. 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 Um, I think the Ursa Saga is the best example of this and uh, the uh, the other danger uh, that we will need to face in a couple of mm-hmm. years, I suppose. Because I guess the Saga will go down the road of Deathrite Shaman, uh, but simply not as soon as uh, we would like to see it. Uh, because if you will see that uh, out of 20 matchups around your game site, 10 of them is decided by two constructs hit bashing themselves over the heads, uh, even though the two decks have very, very different alignment uh, to the archetype. So you have various things winning with the same win because it's possible. Yeah, that is... 
that is true. It is very similar to the Death Rite Shaman, where it's like, yeah, yeah, you may have like 10 different decks, but if they're all built around one card, it's like, how different are they really? Yeah, and that's not an issue that we really cannot uh, face on a regular basis, but over time, I guess, we'll simply realize that, well, it's a place in which we don't want to be anymore because we are playing the same deck in a way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, look into the future. What's uh, what's kind of next for the uh, you know Polish legacy? Do you guys have any big events coming up? Or you know, you, you mentioned the leagues. Are they p- fairly regular? Yeah, actually, uh, since the day one of our uh, academy, uh, we are playing each single Friday uh, in paper. Uh, so it will be like uh, over a year and a half right now. Nice. So of course, the the, uh, the the attendance varies from like six people to twelve people to mm-hmm. eighteen people, but still, we also play in at least three rounds and uh, making uh, sh- short uh, relations, uh, photos, and so on and so on, showing other people in other cities that it is worth trying to gather your own colleagues to make them come to your venue, to your local game store, and to play. Mm. And we have uh, some uh, local tournaments uh, popping up right now after um, people saw what is possible if you only have enough uh, passion and you like to work hard to make things possible. Uh, So they are organizing their own uh, tournaments, which I'm really happy about because that's that was the original idea mm-hmm. and we will have the second big tournament somewhere around i think uh november maybe okay. uh, still the championship will be done once a year however we have that uh, trials legacy trials uh, series so we've already had four of those and this will be fifth one so the championship is like an invite on- is like an invite uh no program? No, no, not really. Okay. You you can try your best if you like to. Still, uh, given the um, competitiveness of the players here, you know if that's an event for you. So, if I decide to just you know hop on a plane to Poland, because yeah. I do plan to come to Poland, because you guys have that one spot where you get to drive a tank. I really want to go to that place, just drive a tank around. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if I if I do that, and then uh, play some, you know, come play some Legacy. You know, how yeah. hard of a time will it be for me not speaking the language to no, you know, not at all? Uh, not at all. We have uh, people fr- uh, from various countries. We have people from Spain. We have people from Ukraine right now, obviously. Uh, so we can easily communicate with anyone. Uh, we have foreigners uh, attending tournaments in various formats. Uh, so uh that's no, not at all an issue for anyone who would like to come and play here in Poland. And that's also kind of our goal. So uh, given the uh, feedback that we've had after this championship event, uh, we think that uh, the next tournament um, or next championship will be aimed also for people from Czech Republic, for to people from Germany, uh, where they can't really play competitively for any kind of uh, price other than a vacuum cleaner because they're... Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that in Germany. The gambling yes, laws prevents them. Yeah, from- <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
So I think that we're going to expand a little bit. <laughs> For our listeners who don't know, there is a really uh, infamous GP in Germany a few years back where <laughs> at the event site, they found out that they couldn't give out the prizes because of German anti-gambling laws. And so the head judge had to run out to like a Best Buy and take the prize money and buy like flat screen TVs and computer <laughs> monitors and stuff to That's give true. out as the prizes because they weren't allowed to give cash. <laughs> yes, that was true. <laughs> good times, good times. <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm adding it to the bucket list. I've already convinced the girlfriend to go to Poland with me so we can drive a tank. So we'll stop by and uh play some legacy too if I can convince well, us. Give us a hint, we'll find you a place to stay and play. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, awesome. Uh Anything else, Pat, we got uh, or anything else? I'll, I'll actually just turn it over to you. Victor. You know, anything else you wanted to uh, mention that we might not have thought to ask? Well, you, you're asking me. Ask, ask yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything, anything you want to say? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'm really, really surprised and really happy for you having me here because that's the biggest uh, opportunity for the community that we have in here to get noticed and to uh, see that their efforts to play, to train, to go out uh, from their home uh, to competitive events uh, is worth something, that somebody can see it, can enjoy it, and talk about it. Uh, and we are having something that not that many players around the world right now have the mm -hmm. opportunity that is quite unusual and uncommon uh, and beautiful in a way, given that this is simply the passion-based initiative in here. And I would like to ask you, how do you feel uh, in the States uh, about the same thing? How is paper play uh, right now, given that uh, people are quite uh, familiar with the internet play uh, with the MTGO and so on others still eager to come and do great GP like, -like events yeah I mean I'll say that it's still a little strange you know still feels a little weird getting back in the swing of things and I don't know if that's just because I've changed because you know after two years of lockdown you know, two years is a long time. Like your habits change, your priorities change, your life changes. So I definitely don't get out and play paper magic as often as I used to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, Friday night legacy every single night, but I still have a, a desire to play magic and, and go to big events. And, you know, Pat and I are always reminiscing and talking about how, you know, traveling to big events is the number one thing we miss. So mm -hmm. I, I think we're still kind of in the proving phase, but I do think, you know, signs are pointing pretty positively between things like, you know, the legacy pit event, which looks like it's mm -hmm. going to be a great hit. And then hopefully, uh, you know, the leaving a legacy uh, open that's taking place in just about a month. Uh, hopefully yeah. we get a big turnout for that. And, you know, the, if that happens, I, I think my, all my concerns and, you know, it'll, it'll set everything right. And it'll feel like we're really much back to full steam. Yeah, my biggest gripe is just holding on to some of like the COVID protocols now, knowing what we know now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't like some of the, I don't know. I've just been very grumpy about some of the way that the the larger events are being super cautious. I'm not a huge fan of that, like that aspect of it. I would much rather just, 
you know, if people want to mitigate their own risk, that's that's on them. You know, and like mm-hmm. I said, especially knowing what we know now about COVID and, it, um, you know, because, yeah, like for me, the best part about magic has always been going to the big event. I mean, especially going to the big events, but even like FNMs are very, very enjoyable. But because we haven't done them in so long and like like Jerry said, like, you know, your, your life kind of reprioritizes it shifts around. You do you find other things to fill that void. So I play other games now with friends and uh and so it doesn't leave as much time for magic so I, so basically what i have to do is be essentially re-carve out time to play magic and i just want to make sure that when i do it it's going to be in a, a method that i find enjoyable and that's you know mm-hmm. I, I would not i would not want to go to a game store and have to like wear a mask and worry about all that kind of stuff if, yes. you know, if that is required of me do you know what i mean like i i'd, I'd want to be back to the way i like to play that is interesting back because that sums it up pretty well is that you know we had two years of lockdown and a lot of people, you know, picked up new hobbies in those yeah. two years. Yeah. And so now you're kind of having to balance your old hobbies with your new hobbies. That's that is totally what it is for me. Right. I, I hadn't really thought of it until recently, but I'm like, oh, you know, like I, feel, I just I'm doing other playing other games now that games that I literally hadn't played for years and years and years. I just picked them back up and now I'm playing those regularly and not as much, you know, with magic. So it's, it's really just taking the time to carve carve the time back out and making like i said making it uh being able to enjoy it the way i want to enjoy it like i don't want to have to enjoy it uh i it's, i'm finding it hard to kind of like uh kind of explain what i mean but like i want to make sure because you know the games i play now i play at home like i play online games at home with my friends so i don't have to worry about any of the nonsense you have to go through about going to stores and showing a vaccination status or wearing a mask and yada yada mm-hmm. yada all that is is you know I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So I want to go back to playing in a game store where that, that stuff isn't, you know, even a concern. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. I get you. Yeah. We've had some of those issues also previously, and we had to take those into consideration with mm-hmm. all the me- medicine uh, uh, parts and uh, the masks and uh, availability of the uh, cleaner, hand cleaners and so on mm-hmm. and so on. Still likely we are past that right now. Yeah, but I do miss the big in-person events, Jerry. That is that is a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, and I I feel those big in-person events we never really give quite as much credit to just keeping the passion alive because a hundred percent, a hundred. You know, it's like yeah. oh, there, there's a there's a GP in two months. It's like oh, I need a practice for the GP. I'm going to go to F and M every single Friday for the next two months because I need to get as much game time in now. But also because you're talking to your friends who are also going to those F and Ms, you're all game planning together and discussing, and it makes it easier to go to. Definitely yeah, exactly. with them because you're That's you're true. all you have a shared goal you have a shared a shared you know experience approaching and a shared goal of winning a tournament and you know yeah and then it's, it's it's just really easy to be like eh, I'm feeling kind of tired I'm not going to go to F and M tonight just because yeah. well I don't have any big events to go to right right and I mean, yeah. I mean everyone's got their own everyone has their own story right like I'm, I'm not saying mine is universal by any stretch of the imagination but that's just that's just my personal experience yes and uh, the real real paper uh, event is a place where you can uh, do something you could never do uh, while playing online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can give you the example that I had a couple of years ago. I guess everybody has uh, such as this for themselves, where I was playing against the Storm player, playing mm-hmm. Lance. So game one, he simply went off 10-1 with 12 goblins. So I show him the tabernacle. Uh, game two, he simply went off again, turn one, mm-hmm. nothing to say. 
game three, uh, just moving on hard because I didn't have anything relevant in my hands. So like moving on to five, uh, the only thing I had right now was Gamble. Mm-hmm. So he started with uh, Fotsis, took off my Gamble. Yep. I drew one other card that he hadn't seen. So 10-2, he went off. And I was just counting his life down uh, with the Adnosium. So he went to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, storm like 280, doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, <laughs> Burning Grease, show me the 10 wheels. I said, okay. Um, he was surprised. You're not scooping? No, I still have one card that you haven't seen. <laughs> oh, yes. What's that? Let's see. What's system to me? So I responded with my last punishing fire in hand. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I strongly recommend everyone to try to get back to the paper play because that's an experience. Right. You don't get that experience on, you know, magic online. No, you, know, you don't you don't get that face to face. So definitely something I'm really hoping that these upcoming, you know, bigger events are, are going to you know reignite the, the passion for people. Cause I do think there are people who want to, you know, get back to the way things used to be. I think they're just waiting for, you know, the big tournaments to, to pop off so that they can have that, you know, that goal to strive for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is something worth playing for. Yeah, exactly. And it's just fun to be in, in person with your friends, man. It's just it's just an enjoyable experience. You know, you get to go, you, you get to create all these stories and memories. You get to go out to dinner afterwards and just and just just relax. I don't know, man. It, <laughs> you get to hang a, out with with Rich Shea in the casino buffet. Where exa- yeah, the, I, I, that might the be waiter the funniest, about his wizard like, friends and he's looking for his wizard friends. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest anecdotes I have in my lifetime. Like, so I, I want to get, you know, like I said, I want. I miss that. I want. I definitely want to get back to that. You know, so back to back to gathering in magic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep, awesome. Well, I'm just going to repeat again for our listeners: if you haven't checked it out, definitely check out the uh, Polish Legacy Championship meta game breakdown. Uh, Victory. I can definitely tell it, it's a passion project for you because this is, you know, without exaggeration, you know, one of the best breakdowns of a tournament I've ever seen. Like mm, you got, you, you got full color charts and graphs. I didn't even mention to you, like you, you like write an art, you write like a little blurb about a match. Then you link right there. The, the link to watch the matchup, yep. um, you know, you have like the bios and the deck list with all the players. And then one thing I really like is for all, for the top eight, not only did you put, you know, their deck list and where they're ranked, you also listed out, you know, who they played in all of their matchup and what their records were. So like, I can see, Oh, you know, this, uh, Tomaz guy, he was playing four color control. And in the Swiss, he went, you know, by then went one, two versus elves, two overs madness, two overs, death and taxes, two overs, death and taxes again. And then, you know, drew, drew into top 16 mm-hmm. where he, you know, lost to blue red Delver. So you can, you can literally follow the entire, you know, tournament breakdown of everyone in the top eight, uh, top 16 of, you know, who they played against and how they got there and, you know, what yep. their matchup looked like. That is a, a level of detail I have not seen in any other tournament report. Yep. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to hear it. So definitely check it out, guys. We're going to link it in the show notes. We're yep. also going to post it again up on uh, yeah, the Leaving Legacy Facebook page. And I, I highly recommend you, you take a look at it. Awesome. Uh, well, should we uh, get into some scoops and poops, Pat? Yeah. So, uh, Victor, every every week we do uh, scoops in the top eight. So it's an opportunity for us to you know, thank someone in the in the magic community or outside the community or whatever, or you know, something even as a uh, 
even a general concept, right, Jerry? I think we've scooped in like uh, cheese before, maybe. So um, <laughs> I don't know about cheese, but we've uh, we've definitely had some ethereal scoops. Yeah, yeah, that's the word ethereal. So uh, you know, it's, it's just a way for us to 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 thank uh, someone or something uh, in our lives. And I'll let we'll get you go first, Victor. Uh, who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? Do I need only to choose one person? Or? No, no, you can, do is, you can I mean, scoop in the entire top eight if you want. Yeah, uh, no, no, not that much. So first, <laughs> first scoop definitely to Adam Gervatowski, my friend and my partner, with uh, organizing all of this, all the Legacy Academy, and reintroducing Legacy to Poland community, to Poland to Polish community, as such, uh, because we are simply the two parts of one brain in here. Uh, and to other people, I'd like to thanks for giving a shout and giving us some platform to exist was uh, Julian Knapp and Phil Gallagher. Nice. Good guys. Good guys, both of them. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to scoop in. Well, it is Memorial Day, Pat. So I'm going to scoop in all of our service members. Uh, you know, people might not necessarily know this, but magic is actually huge in uh, all the military branches. Uh, a lot of my, you know, best magic playing friends are also in, you know, the army air force, yep. national guard, yeah. coast guard, Marines, uh, Navy. And of course, can't forget the space force. Uh, <laughs> it's, space you know I forget that that's a thing and it's still very much a thing. And like, it's amazing. Uh, the best thing from the Trump oh, era, my the gosh. Space force. it is so hard to believe that that actually fucking happens. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, space marines are here, but <laughs> definitely scoop in to all of our uh, military brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, really appreciate everything you do, and you know, for all everyone who uh, you know can't necessarily play the game anymore because they they gave it their all. So yeah. just wanted to scoop them in on uh, on Memorial Day. Yeah, I, I don't think I could I could put it much better than that, Jerry. I think we can leave it leave it at that. That's a excellent scoop in the top eight. Awesome. Uh, Victor, if uh, people want to kind of get a hold of you to find out more about, you know, Polish legacy, or maybe we have some Polish listeners. Actually, uh, we do get that email, Pat, you know, with the uh, the data breakdown. Yep, yep. Apparently yes. leaving a legacy is one of the most popular gaming podcasts in Poland. What? So we actually do have quite <laughs> a few Polish listeners. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. I can assure you. That's, that's insane to me. <laughs> it's so funny. Like we got the breakdown. It's like, yeah, we get a lot of American listeners, which we expected. And it's like Poland is number two. And I'm like, I always found that really interesting. So shout out to all of our Polish listeners. Uh, if they want to get a hold of you, Victor, to find out more you know how to where they can play you know what's what's the best way for them to get a hold of you <laughs> uh, just try to find uh, legacy academy or academia legacy uh on facebook and uh, simply the web page we have those uh, available in english or try to find me uh, on facebook perhaps you can always i uh, also <laughs> post me here uh so marius korat here uh, that would be quite difficult to find i guess <laughs> yeah i tried i couldn't find it I legacy, tried. <laughs> legacy academy you have all the relevant links here in the breakdown i suppose awesome awesome <laughs> awesome well hopefully uh we didn't offend you with our dumb american understanding of uh polish culture hey listen uh... we made listen jerry we made zero <laughs> no, polish no, no, jokes no. i mean no <laughs> polish jokes so you know yeah i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. Under, I so I, it's funny because I was thinking like as we were recording this because you know my mind wanders. I, where did that even come? Like where did that that come from? Like that uh, stereotype. Where do where do all come from? <laughs> where oh, all to, no, well, no, sorry. Yeah, so like, yeah, obviously, like <laughs> obviously, it's not a good place, but like it, it's just a. It, I don't know. It's just a yeah. It's a wild thing. 
It's wild. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna guess it's gonna, it probably harkens back to World War Two. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's, that's simply because there's quite a lot of us everywhere in the world, so yeah. you always have a chance to get some good jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully, uh, I'll get to visit you out in Poland someday. We'll drive yes. a tank and uh, play some magic. <laughs> Seriously, I hope you do. my girlfriend said like she's all for it. She's like, this is what we're doing for our honeymoon. We're going, we're going to Poland and we're driving a tank. <laughs> now, Jerry, I don't want to discourage you from traveling anywhere, but I will tell you that you can absolutely drive a tank in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the Polish travel agency, they do a really good job of making it look sweet. Oh, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm saying you should drive a tank. I mean, honestly, like the American dream is to drive a tank on every continent, right? So <laughs> a that's tank what we in do, every driveway. Right? Yeah, that's what we do. So, it's, you know, start in the US and then get some get some uh get some experience then go out to Poland and drive a tank there. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds sweet. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for coming on this week, man. It was great to talk to you. It was great to learn about the Polish Legacy League. The uh I have the um the website uh linked in the show notes as well. So people people will be able to check that out for sure. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thanks uh Victor and uh we'll see everyone. Ne- oh, also, Pat, I almost forgot. Uh leaving a legacy open uh next month on june 25th yep and uh just a special announcement uh we are adding a side event uh got the news it's official we are adding a pre-modern side event so if you're tired of the legacy and you want to still play some old cards you can join the pre-modern and if you scrub out and go the O2 sandwich drop, uh, as Pat and I are famous for, you can uh, get a second chance and hop in uh, to a little pre-modern tournament. So make sure you bring your pre-modern decks. And you don't have to be registered in the main event to play the pre-modern event. That's not like a prerequisite. So if you're coming just to play pre-modern, that's, that's totally fine, too. Well, that is it for this week. Thanks again, Victor. And we will see Thank you, you all much. next week. Bye, guys. Be good to each other. Come on down the